You're listening to the Divine Wisdom from the Kitchen podcast, hosted by Jess Echeverry, wife to a Catholic deacon, mother to five children, and dog mom to English bulldogs Chulo and Duke, as well as a survivor, speaker, woman and family advocate, and author. A convert to the faith, Jess goes beyond the class curriculum or church document and invites you to a conversation about our daily faith walk, our relationship with Christ and the church, and everything else in between. It's a heart-to-heart that leaves you with a good feeling in your soul. And now, without further ado, here's Jess. Hello, and welcome to the sixth and last, the final episode of my 2021 Linton podcast series, Finding the Key to Perfect Forgiveness. I have to admit, I'm a little, it's, it's bittersweet for me. I have really enjoyed spending each week with you going through the forgiveness cycle that God allowed me to experience in his great grace and mercy and and sharing those things with you in the hopes that um, that they'll benefit you spiritually, mentally, psychologically, just just all of you just encompassing um, the mercy and grace of God through finding perfect forgiveness in your lives. This is the last episode. I'm going to be wrapping up this series in this episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some scripture that I mentioned in the beginning and throughout, also about just Lent in general and and what my experience has been, Um, and about the briefly going over the, the four phases of the forgiveness cycle that God allowed me to experience. So I'm so glad you're joining me today on this last episode. Um, I do have a quick note. If this is your the first time that you're tuning in to um, this podcast, Divine Wisdom from the Kitchen, I'm so happy to have you. But I suggest that you pause this episode and begin the Lenten podcast series with episode one. Go back in the in the in the episode listings. Click on episode one in the Lenten podcast series, Finding the Key to, to Perfect Forgiveness, and start there. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Now, for those of you who have been joining me every week, thank you so much. God bless you. May God reward you for your faithfulness to him and your your openness to receiving what he is calling you to um, during this Lent. I started this podcast series with, and, and I kind of did a, a, a particular scripture for this podcast series, and that's Ezekiel 36, 26. And it's, it's the scripture that says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. It's just, that was the scripture, um, the holy word that God put on my heart at the beginning of Lent as I was praying and discerning and preparing for this podcast series. That's what he put on my heart to share and to kind of focus on, right? To to help us, to allow us to come into this Lenten season and period um, with, the, with the idea of what our heart is going to do if we allow it, right? To turn from stone to flesh. But what does that mean, really? What does that mean to have a heart of stone and and Jesus is now supposed to make it some heart of flesh? Well, if we think about it, unforgiveness, unforgiveness has to do with hardness of heart, right? Harden not your hearts, scriptures, the Psalms tell us, right? Right? If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. 
Hard hearts keep us separate from God and and, and the perfectness that he calls us to, that he wants us to live so that we can be with him in heaven. And so that hardness of heart, that the the picture, the, the idea of that is stone, right? Stone is solid and hard. So if we have these hearts of stone, if we have these hardened hearts, perfect forgiveness cannot come in. God's will for us cannot come in. Our loving like Jesus um, cannot come in because our hearts are hard like stone. And in saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with you, Jesus, during this Lent, and I'm going to make it a point to say, turn my heart from stone to flesh and be open to the journey that you bring me on, then that is what this scripture is referring to. I will turn, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. But he will never force himself on us. He will never ever force your stony heart to become flesh, right? We have to ask him. We have to go to him. We have to come to him. Um, I know in one of my my previous episodes, I spoke a little bit about like the word repent, you know, what does repent mean? Repent means that repentance is Jesus saying when, when, when he says in scripture, repent, right? And believe the gospel, you know, repent means to come to him, come to me. As Catholics, we have the sacrament of confession where we go to repent of our sins, to be with Christ in that moment where we say, I've offended you. I've hurt you. I'm the one who shed your blood on that cross. I'm the one who drove that nail into your hand. And I'm here to say what I've done, to acknowledge it, to claim it, and to be done with it. You know, because I want, I want this heart of flesh that you promised me. So that scripture, you know, really touches my heart. I hope that um, you paid attention to that scripture when, when I first spoke about it in the beginning of this series. If not, it's Ezekiel 36, 26. Maybe this is God calling you to really spend time in the Holy Word on that scripture and, and ask God to, you know, to help you to request from him. Um, that, that heart of flesh, because he absolutely will hear you and answer your prayers. So what is, what is the, the, the summary of this Lenten podcast series? Great question. Great question. Well, let's see. I can say that I can summarize it as God is calling us to forgive like him. That's what he's calling us to do. And whatever God calls us to, he equips us for, right? He gives us what we need. And um, the other thing that, that I can say about this is that God in his holy word, if you go back to the first episode in this podcast series, I run through all of the holy word, the scriptures that talks about not, okay, not all of them in Holy Scripture, but a majority of them in Holy Scripture that talks about forgiveness, God's forgiveness to us, our forgiveness to others. And I speak about and remind us that in almost all of that Scripture, if not all, God connects his forgiveness of our sins 
for our forgiveness of others' sins, right? How do we forgive? So he's connecting our forgiveness of our sins with how we forgive others for theirs, which is super important to really meditate on and, and think about. Um, also, the a, a way to summarize it is the four phases of the forgiveness cycle that God allowed me to, to journey through um, that I've shared with you in this Linton podcast. Um, phase one is the wound and basically our response to that wound, which is usually denial and self-destruction. You know, those of us who are just victims and trapped in this victimhood in stage one, and we have self-destructive behavior, we're making decisions based on this buried wound. Um, And these wounds are usually from earlier on in our lives that we've just never been able to dig down and pull up and address, right? So, So we're living and making these decisions in this victimhood, um, and in this denial of, of the trauma that we've experienced, of the offenses that we've endured, that, that, that have incurred in our life. Phase two, when we move from phase one to phase two, that we're in a period of acknowledgement. Something has moved us. So you can listen to the episode on phase two to, for me to go into more detail about that. But something has moved us into actually become aware of the truth and the value of our wound. And so we are, in a sense, forced, if we haven't chosen to move from phase one to phase two, to acknowledge what has happened to us. We are still in a state of victimhood. Um, we still are, are wallowing in our wounds, so to speak. Our wounds are still um, deeply affecting our decisions, our behaviors, the way we see and feel about things. Um, but... It's, it's a phase where we're actually finally honest with ourselves about the truth of the trauma we've endured. Phase three. Um, phase three usually happens when you've gone th- through just phase two just, just wears you down. Just it hurts. Uh, the spiritual battle is unbelievable. You know, you're, you're struggling with old self, new self. You just feel like you're in this chaos inside of you. And phase three is when you finally say, you know what? I can't live like this anymore. I've got to find some greater power to help me to find some peace. Phase three is when we learn to forgive so that we feel peace within our souls. Um, and as I've mentioned many a times before and in my previous podcast on this, on phase three, it is a power that the world tells you, a peace that the world tells you that you have the power to do for yourself and it's found inside of you. Um, and that's where you stop, right? Once you, once you accomplish this, once you tap into your power and you find the peace that you're looking for, then you're done. You know, you're done and you're, you're all good and your wounds are healed and you can move on with the rest of your life, which as Christians... It's just simply not true. It's simply not true. Um, Phase four, um, once we've found that peace, if we are a Christian, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we have an emptiness in our souls because we haven't completed this full cycle of forgiveness that God calls us to. He calls us into perfectness. That's what he calls us to. Matthew 5, 45, be perfect as my heavenly father 
is perfect. And so we feel that there's a little piece of us that's missing and we, and we need to figure it out because we're just not whole. As Catholics, we experience the fullness of Christianity with the seven sacraments that, that God gave us, the fullness of the faith. And so in forgiveness, phase four marks the fullness of forgiveness and its perfectness. And so that's when we finally realize, right, that we were made, we were created in the image of God. We are his children. He loves us. And no one or anything can remove the dignity that he gave us as human beings. No matter what's happened to us, no matter what somebody's done to us, no matter what we've done to ourselves, no matter what we say or do or feel, nothing can take the dignity that God has given you as a human person away from you. And in phase four, we realize the truth of that statement. We realize that we are a child, a beautiful, amazing, one of his greatest creations, child of God. And we start to believe it and we live it. And then what happens is we realize that the person next to us is the same thing and has the same dignity. And when we start to realize that, then we see, well, wait a minute. If I love myself like God loves me, which is what we're called to find and do, then I need to love this person next to me the same way because this is also a child of God created in his image who carries the same dignity as a human person that I do and no matter what they do and what they say and, and how they act or, or, or what they do to me, they nothing can take their dignity as a human person away either. And that's mind-blowing. <laughs> It was mind-blowing for me, but let me tell you something. Folks, it is the most freeing experience you will ever have in your life. I promise you, you will feel the freedom that Jesus Christ only can give you when you, when you finally in your heart come to the love of someone who has harmed you, even in the most horrific ways. For, for you to want the good of their soul, for you to look at them and love them as Jesus loves them. That is perfect forgiveness. And that, my friends, is what I'm, I'm hoping you've been able to journey with me on to learn more about, to allow yourself to go into meditation and prayer and have this awareness of these steps. Okay, this is the phase I'm, I'm in right now based on, on what Jess has shared with me. And so this is, what I can, this is what I can expect. This is what maybe I can pray about. This is what I can ask others to pray about for me. You know, prayer is the answer to all of this, right? It's prayer is our relationship with God. And God, there's nothing impossible with him. So we build and we strengthen and we keep our relationship with God healthy and close and good by consistently praying and speaking and sharing with him. That's what we need to do. And we do it with focus, right? With extreme focus during the Lenten season as Christians, you know, not just Catholics, um, 
observe, observe Lent. There's uh, lots of, of Christian ecclesiastical communities that observe Lent as well. Um, why do we observe Lent? What is Lent for those who are, are not familiar? Um, Lent is a period of approximately six weeks, usually started depending on what um, community or, or church you're with on Ash Wednesday. Um, and it goes for a period of 40 days, um, excluding Sundays, um, before Easter, right? And the purpose is, you know, the focus, there's always, our church always helps us, right? Our church is so beautiful, beautiful in the fact that she's constantly teaching us and guiding us and helping us to learn and understand more about this amazing God that we, that created us and that we love and we serve, and that's what this is. This is an opportunity for people to go deeper into their understanding and faith before our holiest day of the year, which is Easter Sunday, um, also known to some as Resurrection Sunday. Now, we do have an Easter season, right? We have, um, but more specifically, just the day that we celebrate the resurrection, which is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So Lent is um, really a time to remember, to meditate on when Jesus was fasting in the desert or the wilderness, you know, depending on which one you you like better. Um, when he was fasting in the desert before he began his public ministry, he went into the desert for 40 days and was tempted by Satan. And that is what our church allows us to enter into, right? She invites us to come into this Lenten period ready to fast like Jesus fasted, ready to pray like Jesus prayed, and ready to give because he was giving to us our salvation even before he stepped onto the cross. It, 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 you know, in this desert, he is, he's giving to us. It is the beginning of him giving to us our salvation. And so fasting, prayer, and what we call almsgiving, giving, right? Those are the three main keys, the, the focuses during the Lenten season that, you know, Christians focus on. Um, the fasting is looked at, you know, you'll hear somebody say, oh, what did you give up for Lent? Or, and, you know, and even nowadays we have, you know, we also have a group of people that believe, well, Jesus didn't really mean to give up something. He meant, you know, maybe you can add something else that you're going to do instead of giving up something. A, a big popular one was the no meat, um, giving up meat where, you know, I know in the Catholic church, we give up, um, we abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent as an act of penance. Um, it is a penitential season. Uh, Lent is, that means we are, we are focusing and we're trying to live out acts of penance. Now, I get a lot from uh, a pushback from my Protestant brothers and sisters who don't believe in the Catholic sacraments, one of them being the sacrament of confession or reconciliation. And trust you me, I was, when I entered into the church and I had to go, I went into my first confession, not a believer of confession, okay? That's in, oh, I can't remember what episode it's in, but... um. Just listen to them. I do I do talk about going into my first confession and not believing. I didn't believe in it. But let me tell you something. The grace I received in that confession was life-changing. Um, but I'm going off on a tangent now. Let me go back to what I was saying. Penance, 
right? Offering penance um, during this Lenten season. Why? I'm actually catechizing and informing my granddaughter at this time. She's about to enter into the church. She's about to receive her first confession tomorrow, actually, and she will be uh, receiving her first Holy Eucharist on Easter Sunday, God willing. Um, praise the Lord. But I, I'm catechizing her and I'm teaching her and teaching children this age. I, it's just one of my f- most favorite things to do. I'm teaching her about the sacrament of confession. And this is the scripture, be like little children, always comes into my heart when I teach little children because they are, they're so thirsty. They're so thirsty for the word of God. They're so thirsty and they're so ready. Their hearts are like flesh and they just want to receive all of this great information that you're sharing with them that God is trying to 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 put into their heart so that they stay close to him throughout their whole lives. So in helping her learn about what it means to go to confession and what the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of confession, also known as the sacrament of reconciliation, really is. And understanding, so I'm saying this because one of the ways to describe to children, you know, the reason why we have penance when we go to confession and and we when we sit in confession and, and it's it's the priest who's there in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. So we are sitting down, we are sharing our sins with Christ, who's present um, there, and we're telling him we're sorry for these things that we've done that have hurt him, that, that have gone against you know, him and his love for us. And then the priest will share what comes on his heart, you know, that Jesus wants him to share with the, with the penitent, the person who's in confession, giving their confession. And then after that, usually the priest, um, if it, if it's on his heart to do so, will give a penance. Your penance, you know, is, you know, and sometimes it'll be, I've gotten, you know, say one Hail Mary, you know, with a, with a really sorrowful heart for, for the sins that you've committed. Another time, um, it didn't have anything to do with praying, um, a learned prayer, but it had to do with, okay, well, something that I actually confessed, it had to do with what I confessed. You know, I had to do a certain meditation whenever I got that type of temptation. So it just depends on what comes, what Jesus places on the priest's heart at the end of your confession, but you are given a penance and you're expected to do that penance. And the way we explain to little children is, you know, you're in your backyard and you're playing baseball and you get a good crack on that ball and that ball is a good one. So it flies out of your yard and it goes into the neighbor's yard and it cracks their window. And you feel terrible. You didn't mean to do it. It's, oh no, you're happy you hit a home run. (laughs) It was such a great hit. Now you've got to go over to the neighbor's house and you walk over to the neighbor's house and you knock on the door and they're, you know, they're all, you know, I can't believe my window is broken and this ball went through it and you stand there and you're sorrowful. You feel really bad that this has happened. And you say to your neighbor, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, I broke your window. And the neighbor looks at you and and, and they can see, you know, you're just a little kid and you're playing baseball and you didn't mean to do it on purpose and that you're sorry for it. And they're like, oh, it's all right. You know, don't worry. Um, I forgive you. Right. But then I always I always look at the child and I say, but what's left? 
right? What's left after the neighbor forgives you? And they just look at me and they're all confused. And I said, is there still a broken window? And they're like, yeah, yeah, there's still a broken window. That's right. There's still a broken window that needs to be fixed. And so that is how I explain penance, right? The, the, the penance of our sins is the repairing of the broken window. It's you looking at the neighbor and saying, I'm going to go work really hard to save up my money to help to fix that window. And them going, wow, thanks so much for doing that. You don't have to, but thanks, right? That's really kind and loving and charitable and caring of you that you're now going to go work to help fix the broken window. So penance is a huge part of Lent. And so that's why I explained that to you. So fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. Um, I'm going to turn back from my little tangent there and focus and, and wrap this up. We observe Lent. Those are the three things that we focus on. But in connection with what this podcast series has been about, I want to kind of tie it in for those of you who have journeyed with me all these weeks through Lent. Um, And as far as forgiveness, how can we apply these three key focuses of Lent in this journey to forgiveness, perfect forgiveness? Fasting. Um, If we deny ourselves as victims of the wounds that we've that we've incurred and if we apply our human dignity that we've learned that we have to our offenders then we are giving that up we are giving our victimhood up we're giving our stony heart up and we're we're giving that up we're fasting um in that cycle of forgiveness prayer prayer is key it's just it's so key to all of this if we pray for the good of the souls, um, for, the, for the people who have offended and hurt us, and if we also pray for our hearts, right, for our hearts to become like flesh and to be able to love our offenders like Jesus loves them. That's what we need to um, focus our prayers on. And then almsgiving or charity. When we offer our suffering, when we do have a flashback, when we do remember, when we do have those moments or triggers, when we offer that suffering during this process, um, for those who are still struggling, when we offer that to God, right? When For those who are still struggling with victimhood and who may be away from God, that's charitable of us. That's us not just thinking about ourselves. That's us being charitable for those out there who are still struggling and who are far from God. So those are the the ways that we can implement in this Lenten season. Now that's wrapping up, we have, um, we're almost done uh, for Catholics. Our Lenten season ends at sundown on Holy Thursday. And then we begin the uh, Holy, Holy Triduum which is um, the days leading up to Jesus's passion, crucifixion, and resurrection on Easter Sunday. I really am glad that you have chosen to join me this Lenten season, journey with me each week, and that hopefully you've prayed and you've asked God to help you find find perfect forgiveness um, be- 
because you're, you believe that, that it's what God is calling you to and that you know it's possible and, and you want to be that close to God and, and receive that, those graces and mercies that perfect forgiveness gives us. So I thank you so much. I thank you so much for joining me this Lent. Um, I want to be charitable this Lent because it's a part of one of the three things, but also just because I, I want to just say thank you. Thank you for joining me. So here is a thank you for you. If you have not had a chance to um, get a copy of my book, Dazzled, Finding the Key to Perfect Forgiveness, or if you have bought one for yourself and you just want a free one to give to somebody else, either way, I would love to offer you right now the chance to get a free copy of my book, Dazzled, Finding the Key to Perfect Forgiveness. So it's really easy. Here's how you do it. You go onto my website, mamaletics.com. That's M-O-M-M-A-L-E-T-I-C-S.com. You'll see the tabs at the top. You're going to click on the word Dazzled, and that's going to take you to my book page. And you're going to see on the right-hand side a box that says Store. You're going to click that box, and it is going to take you to my book. Add one of those to your cart or hit purchase, I believe. You hit purchase and then add it to your cart. When you come to your cart to check out, you're going to apply the promo code IFORGIVE. Altogether, no spaces, all caps, IFORGIVE. I-F-O-R-G-I-V-E. And then hit apply. You will see that the cost of the book disappears. You get a copy of the book for free as just a way of me saying thank you for joining me in this Lent and hopefully you'll enjoy reading the book and pass it on to others. Um, just, a, just a little note so that nobody's surprised in their cart. Um, shipping, I've lowered the shipping cost. It's usually $13. I've just lowered it to $4.99 um, for shipping. So that's the only charge you'll have. Checking out is the shipping cost of $4.99 but the book itself is for free. It will be signed. Um, so it is a signed copy of my book, Dazzled, Finding the Key to Perfect Forgiveness. And with that, that is a wrap. I just want to th say thank you so much for joining me this Lenten season. It's been an absolute blessing to be able to share with you. I hope and pray for all of you, and I'm fasting for all of you, that you finish out this Lenten season strong and you have a beautiful, beautiful Easter. May God bless you all for your faithfulness to Him. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe and spread the word. Tell your friends and family on social media to leave us a five-star review. Make sure to check the show notes for helpful links about topics discussed in this episode. Jess's latest book, Dazzled, Finding the Key to Perfect Forgiveness is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Balboa Press, as well as Momaletics.com. That's M-O-M-M-A-L-E-T-I-C-S.com, where you can also connect with her directly. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time for more heart-to-heart -heart and good feelings in your soul on Divine Wisdom from the Kitchen.